I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to a special hour from infertility to family. Brought to you by Utah Fertility Center. Here's Amanda Dixon on KSL News Radio. Welcome to this very special hour on KSL News Radio Fertility and Your Family. Learning more about the technology that could help grow your family with my very special guest, Dr. Russell Folk, who is the medical director of the Utah Fertility Center. Doctor, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're here because I know this is a topic that is for some people very difficult to talk about. And so they don't. True. And yet this is so important for us to talk about because it causes great pain to people. And I want us to just feel comfortable, if we can, during this hour, to talk about something that's so important to Utah families. So here's where I'm going to start. I just don't think I know a person who this hasn't touched in some way. Am I overstating it? Not at all. No, if you actually calculate the rate of infertility, it's about 15% in the population. So that means if you have eight friends, on average, there's going to be one of them that suffers in some way from infertility. And what would that look like? What does suffering from infertility mean? It means the inability to have a baby, inability to get pregnant. If I have a miscarriage, is that a form of infertility? It is. Yeah. it's. Uh, some people have recurrent miscarriages, and that's a common form of infertility where they don't in, end up with a full-term baby. Is it? I, I've heard women say, I think every woman has at least one miscarriage. Is that folklore or is that true? It depends on how many times you've been pregnant. So there's a normal background rate of, in, of miscarriages that's about 20%. So anyone who's had three or four pregnancies typically has one miscarriage amongst them. You know, in this day and age, I, and I just, if you'll forgive me for sharing what might be considered too much information, I had my first baby at 40. Now, I didn't plan to have it that way. It just happened. And now I know other people who think, well, Amanda had her first baby at 40. I can have my career, and I'll just have my first baby at 40. That's such an, at least in my understanding of fertility, isn't it unlikely that you would have your first pregnancy at 40? Yeah. As a woman ages, unfortunately, because she has a limited reserve of eggs, she tends to run out of them in her late 30s. And so you're right. It's a it's a disservice to tell people that they should wait because that only compromises their ability to have a child in the future. So when we talk about infertility, Age is one of the factors. Um, what about gender? Um, gender typically, infertility affects both sexes equally. And so gender is not usually a, a discriminatory 
factor. Because we always talk about the woman. Right, right. That's what's interesting in, in all cultures is because the woman carries the baby, everyone points to the woman if it's not working. They say, well, what's wrong? Why aren't you? You know, they, In the Bible, they talk about the barren womb. They don't talk about the barren sperm. <laughs> and so they commonly point to the woman as the as the, the limiting step, whereas in reality, the causes are equally mixed between men and women. Yeah. Um, this is something where I, I think, and I know that next month, uh, April 23rd through 29th, is National Infertility Awareness. Does it affect people in this country, in the United States, the same way that it does? Do you happen to know that in other parts of the world? Are we the same all over? It is. Yeah, humans are humans no matter where they live. So the rate of infertility is equal amongst people in Ethiopia, in Canada, in the United States, in China. And so the rates of infertility don't change depending on the ethnicity of the individuals. Tell me what a typical person is like who comes to your office. Is that a fair question? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's a good description of what a lot of people suffer from when they have infertility. And, and the answer is frustration. Frustration. Is the thought of, well, how come all my friends have babies? And how come I see kids everywhere? What's wrong with me? And, and then many people will look on the Internet or ask their friends, ask their families to try to find answers as to why they're unable to have a baby. And there's not a lot of good information out there. So that's why we think these forums are beautiful, to help people find answers and find a way, a path to parenthood. How long has the average person been trying unsuccessfully to have a baby before they come to you? Uh, it varies. Um, the recommendation is if someone is unable to have a baby within 12 months, they should seek guidance, really? seek care. 12 months is that marker. And the reason for that is 85% of the time you should get pregnant within a year if everything's working normally. What's a, is it? Is there a peak age? Does a woman have a peak age of fertility? Yeah, it's not like a mountain peak, though. It's more of a broad curve. So the rate, the rate of infertility increases as a woman gets older, but the peak fertility is from 18 years old to 33 years old. Mm. Is it if if my sister was very fertile, does that have anything to do with whether <clears throat> I'll be very fertile? Does it run in the family? Uh, some conditions do. So a, a good example is endometriosis, which is a common disease that affects the tubes and the pelvic cavity. That tends to run in families. And so if if a grandmother or a mother or aunts have had that condition, you might be at a slightly increased risk of having it as well. What about after I've had one baby. Mm -hmm. If I've had one baby and that went just fine, is it will I will I necessarily be okay for the rest of my pregnancies or can something go wrong that would make me infertile after that? Yeah. Um that's called secondary infertility. So even though you've been successful at having a baby once, it doesn't always guarantee that everything works. It yeah. worked for that one time, but things can change. So an example would be what if uh between the first baby and the second baby uh you had a surgery or you gained some weight and you stopped ovulating, if you had a surgery and there's some scar tissue in your pelvis, a lot of things can change. And so um, even though you've not, uh, even though you've had a baby in the past, it doesn't always mean it's going to happen in the future. So you use those same guidelines. If you've been unable to conceive in a year, it's time to seek care. You know, I hear all the time, doctor, about um, women who get too thin when they're young, and that interrupts their ovulation. I guess I'm thinking about um, women who have eating disorders, mm -hmm. um, and even some athletes who are who take it too far, 
and that interrupts their ovulation in some way. Does that have any effect later in, you know, then later maybe they start to have periods again or maybe can that affect their fertility? Not long term. So you're right. There are some people that um, have unhealthy eating habits or are very intense in their exercise. So we commonly see that with uh, intense exercisers, um, Olympic athletes as an example. Often they'll stop having periods. Gymnasts, when they really train hard, will often stop having periods for years while they're training. But once they stop and go back to a normal lifestyle where they're not pushing the intensity so much, then their periods will resume. But I think that's a good marker of whether there's a problem or not. If someone's periods do not resume and they become irregular, then you know that you're probably still not ovulating. We're talking about something that's so important, and we just want to talk about it openly. And I'm so grateful to Dr. Russell Folk, who's with us. He's the medical director of the Utah Fertility Center. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Tyler and Callie. Thank you, thank you, thank you. A couple who went in to see Dr. Folk to get fertility treatments. And we're going to ask them about their experience, and they're kind enough to share it with us. That's when we come back here on KSL. So stay with us. Thank you. 